0: I'm Corinne Schaefer and welcome to Create Outside the Box. We are starting off the new year with a look back at some of our past conversations that define what it means to be creating outside the box, whether it's breaking out of a conforming structure, redefining what it means to be an artist, trusting your intuition, or just finding inspiration in the everyday. We hope that this look back will help you look forward as we start the new year dancer, singer, and actor, Leroy Boone. I don't think that artists think that everything should be shiny and perfect, but I do think that artists, because they tend to be visionary, that we're hopeful. It's not that we think things are perfect all the time, but we strive to see where the world can be, and we're optimistic that we can bring it there. So maybe he was For sure. On to the like optimism of like, no, I want to strive to to make something beautiful. And that's not about things being perfect all the time, but it is about having hope. And I think I think that's what people need. Um, But anyway, how did you originally get into ballet? Because another your parents are not ballet dancers. So what brought you into ballet and and what do you love about ballet?
1: I think I think that was very much my trying to find my own voice in the performing arts um and i don't know there was something there was something about about dancing that felt very necessary to me i needed i needed to to express myself with my with my body from a very early age um i i can't really i can't really put my finger on it it came it came as something that was quite obvious again um my godfather was was a dancer um with with the harlem dance theater dance theater of harlem in new york um and i always so i always had this sort of image of 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 a professional male ballet dancer um so that was sort of like a that was sort of a like a distant, a distant example, a distant figure of of, of what it could be, um, and yeah, I, I don't really know what what it was. But then, as I kept going, there was something about striving for an ideal against this this sort of this sort of um, continuous research of perfection and perfecting yourself and and making yourself, you know, uh, a, a better a better human in a way trying to achieve this ideal. That is, that is the the perfect ballet technique, the perfect ballet body, the perfect, the, the, this perfect sort of unattainable shape that, that you can be in if you work hard enough at ballet. Um, so that's, I think that's what kept me going is that there was an objective that you could, you could fulfill if you worked hard enough. Um, there were very clear rules to the game and, um, so i i think it kind of gave me a shape for for that hope, for that hope and for that for that um aspiration to perfection um that that i have and that i think a lot of artists have um so i think that's what kept me going with ballet and that's what that's what um that's what inspired me from the beginning on um And, and I think that's also in a funny way, that's also what makes me distance myself from it. Now, the fact that it's this very finite, uh, ideal, there isn't very much room for personality, creativity within, within the strict, um, boundaries of ballet. Um, and I think there's, there's, there's a part of me who, who finds that, um, that rigor and the 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 demands of, of ballet technique a little bit too high a price to pay in 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 my own life and for my own body um but there's also something about the the restraints of of ha- having to be this clean and having to be you know when you dance a certain when you when you dance ballet it has to be a certain way it has to be clean it has to you know take all the boxes and it's it's very contriving to me. Um, it's, it's turned out to be very contriving to me um, as, I, as I progressed.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because um, we both come from, from classical art backgrounds, ballet, opera. And as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, because in the beginning, it's because it's so clear in what it's expecting of you. There is like a path that you need to follow. There are boxes you need to check. Um, So that structure in the beginning is helpful because it serves as kind of this roadmap of things that you can achieve. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, um, that's great. And it's interesting to me because I do think that there's part of artists where, We don't ever stop challenging ourselves. So I'm not going to say that challenging yourself or striving is a bad thing. Um, But what becomes a bad thing is the quest for perfection. And how do we separate the quest for perfection with just, you know, quality and the exploration of the wonders of what our bodies can do Mm -hmm. and And that can be the dangerous thing. It's like trying to be perfect, trying to cram yourself into this little box. No. But like, how do we still keep the quality and the exceptionalism of what we do to high standards? And that, I think, is what's so challenging. And then also feeling like you were saying, there's a lack of exploration and creativity then because it's only one way or it's only for whoever you're working for. They might also have a specific vision of what's right and wrong. And you kind of feel like, well, wait a second—I'm losing myself and my own creative voice in striving to be the definition of what this perfection is.
1: I feel like a lot of a lot of a, a lot of that comes to how you, how you teach these classical forms and how you encourage um, students. And 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 young and people young or old that come to come come to these art forms. How you encourage them to look for their own voice and how to make it work for their own bodies, um, and especially for ballet. And I'm and I'm guessing from from the upper perspective, it's probably kind of the same. The teachers in big institutions have these quotas to fill in a way, and have these very specific ideals they reach for and this very specific image for their institution they look for. And so there's a culture of of, you know, pass or discard that 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 is that is a little bit entertained there. Um, And I think I'm I don't think I'm sure there are ways to achieve the same ideals of quality and and of and of, you know, high technical education while keeping an eye on nourishing students nourishing especially young people who are still forming their personalities and forming forming their taste and form and forming their you know their ideals and their ideals and and making sure you encourage them to look outside the box as well as within the confines of the technique you are teaching them and encouraging them as to see that even if you don't have all. The box checked within the institution. There are so many things that you can bring in to to to, to keep being rich, rich and juicy um, as an artist,
0: singer, and photographer Anastasia Zuzman, No one does a perfect performance like ever, no. right? So if you're on stage and you're thinking about the past, you're thinking about you know some mistake that you made you're going to screw up again because you're not in the present. And that's the same thing with life. Absolutely. Well, too much in the past that uh, prohibits you from moving forward. And also when you're on stage, if you're thinking too far, like, oh, gosh, this is coming up. I need (laughs) to do this. Again, you're going to screw up the present. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're projecting things. We're projecting things. Oh, gosh, this may happen. Well, wow, that's a waste of energy because we don't have control over that. All you can do is be in the moment. and what I love so much about performing and I guess my own life too is you can have like you said there is a structure it's not like we're free falling through a stage production or life but within that structure being in the moment that's when you have like the surprises of exactly oh this person's reacting this way and it becomes like this really fun improvisation and I guess life is just one big... It's like problem. with
2: life, yeah. Choices. And life, it calls choices. We have choices. Probably not, but we still have choices, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> and it exactly. makes you, like, yeah,
0: fill it in with anything what you want. So on the topic of intuition, how do you think intuition and creativity are linked?
2: I think it's kind of the same spot in the body. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, it's the same part of the machine, if I can call it like this. It's uh, how you call it, like a speed box in a car, probably. How you call it? this, this, this the, the box when you choose the speed?
0: What's the name of it? The gears, the different gears?
2: Gears, yes, gears, yeah. It's like a gears, yes. It's like, it's this. It's the same mechanism. It has mm-hmm. different uh, numbers, layers, yeah, how you call them. And uh, it's the same in the body, and when you understand that it's this uh, works the same, or it's cling to each other, then you stop seeing it like uh, different things. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think they like in a car. It's, it's like driving a car. Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, I agree. I think that they kind of live in the same place. And I think the more you trust yourself, um, the more creativity there will be, and it's not something that you have to work at. Just like intuition isn't something that you have to work at; it actually I is very. Yes, it
2: exists. Some kind of exercises. How you? Of course, it exists. Something that you. How can you um, get more intuition or feel it more inside you or concentration? You know, but mm, most of the time, I think you just you just live with it. You know. And everyone has it.
0: Yeah, I think everyone everyone has it. And I think that for me, at least, sometimes, like if I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I need to come up with something, I need to come up with something good, that's too much pressure. And for me, (laughs) the ideas actually come out of living. So the minute I, you know, leave my apartment and take a walk in nature or go get a cup of coffee or go speak with a good friend, then two hours later, That idea is just there. It's not forced because it's about trusting yourself, which intuition is also about trusting yourself.
2: And you know, it's what you said. Yeah. You go and do something that um, brings you pleasure and something that fits to your nature, your own nature. It's like uh, feeling uh, a gas tank. So intuition sometimes needs it or creativity needs it. You cannot just, Pull constantly from the resources what you have. We don't have, not all of us has so much resources and, you know, not so much energy left sometimes. And then you need to go somewhere, get this uh, amusement, if I can call it, like happiness, and then you can bring it into the work. Then it's interesting. And then it works for
3: another people. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Artist Asia Jung.
3: I know this often that people just really are very, very short with art. It's like you either like it or you don't, or you don't have anything to say. And um, that I think is not not really a great way uh, to develop more art and um, to communicate. We, we communicate with language. It is like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and right. it is a funny thing how little problems people in America have to stretch the subject full. Or where do you go for, um, for for vacation or for, you know, how much is your rent or your mortgage or, you know, these practical things. There's a lot of exchange and a lot of words and a lot of details. But, you know, these things in between the lines when you talk about art, um, that is not other
0: thing. I think sometimes people feel more at ease talking about practical things where there's clear answers and with art where you're getting into things that can be subjective you know meaning one person might see one thing and one person might see another thing one person might connect to one work Another person might not connect to something else. And I think people sometimes feel intimidated by art and they're afraid of saying the wrong thing or being wrong or looking stupid. So they never engage in the conversation because they're just so afraid of looking stupid and and looking badly in front of other people or their peers. It's hard because you can't say everything is is art or maybe you can. People will have different opinions about that. but I think that there should be a way to let people know that no matter who you are, you can enjoy art and you can talk about art. And there isn't necessarily always a right or wrong when you're having that conversation.
3: That is right. And uh, the best way to get there is of course to engage people in art at all, right? To do mm-hmm. something, together, start at some place and get everybody going. And that would be would be wonderful. And therefore you gotta cut out the idea of talent and greatness, you know, the great artist and the real artist. That is something I've never, I think I never heard in Europe, you know, somebody is
0: a real artist and the other, what
3: what are the others? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You
0: know. So and funny people have imposter syndrome. People feel like I am an artist. But maybe I'm not because am I only an artist when I make this much money? Am I only an artist if my artwork shows at these museums? And I just think sometimes when you're valuing yourself in this kind of like checklist of like, it's only art if, and it's so dependent on, I hate to say it, financial success a lot of times or how many people like your works. And the thing is, is that historically, if we look back at a lot of artists who are popular You know, I mean, Van Gogh was not a millionaire and Van Gogh was not super popular during most of his life. But even, you know, someone on the street knows who Van Gogh is now. So how do we really rate, you know, what a successful artist looks like or what successful art looks like? Because sometimes you need time and context. Illustrator Chelsea Hill. How do you decide on your subjects? Like, you know, you've Uh got your New Yorkers. How do
4: you decide on what stories to tell? I think it just depends on what's going on in my life. Um, The Pigeon actually was based off like a really terrible arts teacher I had. And so (laughs) it was when I first moved to New York, um, it was just kind of what that relationship dynamic made me feel like. And so like, I'm like the little mute character, or at least I that new character represents where I was then and she doesn't talk and the pigeon, she's nasty. And it's just trying to take humor from like an unpleasant situation and like put a funny spin on it. And also back then I just was, I loved pigeons. Like when I first went to the city, I don't remember seeing them in Nebraska. I'm sure we had them, but that was like, I noticed them everywhere. I'm like, there's so many pigeons in the city. So that's why that became like the subject matter. And then taking the personality of that terrible teacher and putting it in like in a really bitchy pigeon and it's super simple and funny. And they take like five minutes to draw. And it's to this day, my most asked about work of art, like the collective series. Absolutely. Wow. That's that's hilarious. Um, Haven't done too much of him lately. And then what was the other series? New Yorkers, just the, the vibrancy, different personalities, characters that I see. Um, My first series I did four years ago that actually kind of got me a little bit of traction was it was a hundred day New Yorker challenge. So every day I drew a different type of New Yorker with six funny facts. Um, And it was like Times Square Elmo, just things that you would never see in Nebraska. Um, Just like an old lady with a cart, like trying to go down the subway, just very New York specific things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just... Depends on A, where I'm working, like what, what I'm seeing every day at to like influence what I create and what subject matters I draw for, you know.
0: So life inspiring art.
4: Yes, always. It always has to draw from some type of personal connection. Costume and scenic designer,
0: Lucas Vassman. You have all of these different projects that you're doing. How do you keep yourself inspired? What, what inspires you?
5: My environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I find inspiration in everything that's around me. Um, I am—I said that in the beginning. Like shout out to all the lighting, design, it's light designers. Light—it's light—is my my biggest inspiration. I'm walking through, or I'm driving the the, the bike through the city. Sometimes and am just—I um, mean, you know how beautiful New York is—and um, seeing uh, seeing different facades, like houses that are from the. 1890s or the 1920s uh, next to a building that's from 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, how the reflection of the glass facade of the new building reflects on that older facade of the older building, um, and maybe that has a, that building has a window too and it reflects light to me. Those moments, those moments are everything. It's a very funny thing. I live across like a parallel street to my street here in Holland um, has. Um, A place that is such a big scene in the new West Side Story movie, and I've been there um, last year with my friend Oscar, who's also a scenic designer. Um, He he showed me this neighborhood, and we went to the corner. I said, "Wow, this looks like this is this this is this this is my next design scenic design for Les Mis. Uh This looks this looks phenomenal. This façade looks." Um, this facade, this 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 house looks this looks beautiful, and with costumes, um, people really. Um, I, I take um, it's a weird thing sometimes because sometimes I'm I'm looking back to people and I take photos of like of like a coat I see in of a woman and and when I walk behind them or past them on the train and I see. Wow, this is a coat. I love the texture. I have to take a picture of this. And so I'm like always like this is me basically going through the world and taking photos all the time um, to keep to take to take inspiration from other people, other other things. Uh, but basically about my environment. Real life is real life is the best inspiration.
0: Dancer, performer and educator Hank Smith. I want to start with uh, architecture school and studying engineering. Now, do you use your engineering brain when you're approaching artistic projects? Are you using like the strategy and design and problem solving aspects of that?
6: Very good point, because I've been thinking about that a lot um, in terms of what's what's what am I? How am I wired?
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Right? And I think when I think about it, I love putting things together. I always love it, whether it's a party where it's a tap routine is is structuring things, putting stuff together. Um, my basis as a performer was in the part of mime. I was a mime for a while. And I was I was going out with someone who's related to her brother. No, it's a friend of a friend of mine, her brother was an architect. Yeah. And I remember meeting him. Now, this is in the 70s when I wasn't doing architecture, I was performing as a mime. And I was talking to him and saying, well, I wanted to be an architect, but now I'm a mind which has got nothing to do with that. He yeah. says, No, I disagree. And I said, I disagree. Well, an architect there's an empty space and fills that space with a structure, sees something and creates something. It says, That's what you're doing. Yeah. What are you doing? Put it together. So I think that frame of mind, you know, I in terms of engineering or figuring things out i was always good in calculus and all in algebra because there it was i think that does come to play yeah. uh in terms of yeah i love editing things which you can appreciate how do you put it together so i think that's got something that's a bit of a connection there
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of create outside the box please subscribe rate and share our podcast you can listen to Create Outside the Box on Spotify, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Check us out on our Creative Operations YouTube channel, where you can subscribe to watch our interviews. You can find and follow Creative Operations on our Facebook page and on Instagram at co Operations. For more information about Creative Operations, please visit www.creative-operations.org.